I just got a work email that starts with greetings, Professor Fart Sparkle. <laughs> that it is not a joke. No one is trying to be tongue in cheek. Fart Sparkle. That is. Is that how you sign up for things online? No, no. It's not. I'm actually. I'm CC'd. I'm only CC'd on this email because I am not Professor Fart Sparkle. <laughs> This is Stack Exchange Podcast, episode 58, recorded Tuesday, April 29th, 2014, at Stack Exchange headquarters in New York, New York, where 8 million people enjoy the benefits of democracy and are never more than two blocks away from someplace where you can buy a Reese's peanut butter cup. (laughs) Today's podcast is brought to you by Stack Exchange for iPhone, your favorite website now as an app. On the bus, on the go, or on the toilet, Stack Exchange for (laughs) iPhone lets you leave snarky comments without a computer. On the show, (laughs) could you stop laughing, please? (laughs) Try to do something serious here. On the show today, the design team, Joshua Hines, Courtney Cotton, Stefan Martin, and creative director, Jin Yang. Also, the usual clowns, VP of Community, Jay Hanlon, VP of Engineering, David Fullerton, and producer, Abby. I'm your host, Joel Spolsky. Hello, everyone. Morning. Hey. Okay, this is the biggest podcast we've ever had. We've got eight people here, including producer, Abby. First of all, Stack Exchange for iPhone, by the time you're hearing this, should be in the App Store. Pending uh, uh, Apple's review. Pending approval by Steve Jobs. Yes. Ghost of Steve Jobs. The ghost of Steve Jobs has to approve our app, but assuming Apple loves it as much as we do, then uh, 30% of all proceeds proceeds on the app will go to Apple. You were wondering why Apple has 9 million reputation on Stack Overflow. To be clear, the app will be free, but they'll get get 30% of free. So yeah, we've submitted it to the review. Board, I don't know what, what they call it, and we're just chamber. waiting to hear back. <laughs> yes, the Star Chamber, and hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, it will be available. Super excited about that. Yeah, really coming through on your tone. Or if I, it's not there, just wait six to eight weeks and try again. I have to admit that I'm not an iPhone user, so hard for me to get excited about the lesser platform launch. But you know, you may be the only non-iPhone. It's a good way to I guarantee know. we get comments on the podcast. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Can we talk about community milestones? What are some community, what are, what are community you milestones know, exactly? That's sort of interesting phraseology there. I'm glad you asked, Joel. We do this every week, you know. Do you know where you are? I'm thinking <laughs> once you get into the community, you get past the central gate, and then there's a little sign that says mile zero, mile one, mile two. So I think you're thinking of gated community milestones, yeah. uh, which that's uh, right. speed that's bumps right. perhaps could be yeah. what you're thinking no, of. No, they're by the side of the road. They tell you what mile you're up to. That's not what I was talking about. No. We could. I'd prefer not to. Might be just as good at talking about that as this. Oh, milestones. Milestones. We have a new private beta. Joomla! Exclamation point. Yeah, you have to say beta. it that way. Joomla is... Because it's got an exclamation point Joomla. in in the name of the product Correct. slash company. What if I don't know what that is? Joomla has just moved to public beta, I'm informed. By this is another content Abby. management system, isn't it? It is. And this is another one of those things where it is easy to look at these and go, there are probably 12 people in the world who care about this esoteric subject. No, no. And I see that according to wrong. Google, it's the CMS trusted by yeah, millions. We're wrong every time. These are perfect examples of... We have Drupal. Yep. We uh, have WordPress. We have Expression Engine. And Expression Engine is not really a CMS, is it? That's uh, more of a... I think it is. It is? Yep. Huh? And... Expression Engine is a okay. perfect example, like Joomla, which it's easy to say how big is the total community, but yeah. what's a better question is how much of it can we get? And, and it how seems many like questions the answer is a lot. Yeah. Joomla is doing pretty well. Hey, did you see that Donald Knuth mentioned Stack Exchange in his latest letter about Ooh, tech? really? Yeah. That's neat. Is it really Knuth? Yeah. Like Knish? The K is... Knuth? The K is okay. on silent. But okay. what did he say? Was it... He just recently wrote, well, because uh, like every 27 years or something, he fixes couple of spelling mistakes in the comments in the source code for tech, 
which right. is otherwise perfect, right. and then writes a check for $263.94 to somebody, according to some very complicated formula that was invented in 1932. Not the one that's the powers of two or something? Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Go on. And he was just sort of referring to some, uh, I think he was referring to some bugs, uh, you know, various people that had found various bugs, and he mentioned tech.stackexchange.com. Neat. That's awesome. In his letter. Tech, not our featured site of the week, so we won't talk about it that much. But if you're into tech, it's a really... That's sort of an example of tiny community, but nevertheless, they're all there. And it's really become like the place to talk about tech. Right. Uh, in a way that some of our other even larger communities haven't become the place. This is really like the place for tech. Yeah, right. and it's not even tiny, right? It's just, it's limited. There's only so many people that are ever going to use it. But I th the, a lot of these have grown to become, I think, the de facto kind of center. Expression Engine's a great one where I think the activity there is now really on par with kind of their internal boards and stuff. The so Joomla is doing well. It is Joomla exclamation point. Uh, that's not in the URL because it does weird things in URLs. But if you want to see the kinds of sites you could build with Joomla, I looked it up and there's ihop.com made with oh, Joomla. Sorry. I love pancakes. ihop.www.ihop.com is a Joomla built post. They're uh, advertising. Joomla was used to make it. Cinnamon roll meets brioche French toast. Another <sighs> site that you can go to that's made with Joomla is the Graduate School of Arts and Sciences site for Harvard University. Okay, this is now you're just making fun of them. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> These are big. What, what, what I hop is legit. <laughs> Ask some of our designers who are here I, I from admit, mid, the Midwest. I would personally yeah. be embarrassed. They have breakfast. No, but I mean, Harvard. you don't go to their website. They have breakfast at IHOP every day. I now. Yeah, Denny's. Oh, Not maybe Denny's. Denny's. Waffle House? How often do you eat at IHOP? They don't know what you're talking about. It's blank stairs. Maybe once a year. Design community. Well, all right. It may not be that the big. IHOP home but... page, <laughs> the IHOP homepage has when I was cinnamon a kid, swirl brioche French make... toast on the cover. I already yeah, I know, said that. That's wonderful, that. but that doesn't mean that their website is interesting or important. Or Come on, Jumal. You got you to gotta do better than this. I want to hear about some, some actually content-managed website. Harvard, your eBay, Harvard's but I Graduate don't really School of Arts and Sciences. I see IKEA there. Yeah, yeah IKEA. Yeah. Why didn't you talk about Arabia. Arabia? That's way cooler. Only those versions, though. I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> so Joomla is a new site doing quite well. And I think next week we'll be talking about other things with exclamation points. There's a number of musicals. Wait, only the Ar Yahoo Arabic one? ones? Come on. This is just IKEA oh, Saudi Arabia. Oklahoma. I'm sorry. This is going to end up being very highly insulting to the Joomla people at this rate. <laughs> this, is, this is good. Millions spent, of people use Joomla. I spent the week since we posted the last podcast trying to explain to the other communities you made fun of there. We're just kidding. We like these sites. <laughs> the point was how well they're doing. Right. Do The Joomla site is doing well. We're pretty excited about it. And it's got an exclamation point. That's Some nice. other sites. Another site, Earth Sciences, is another site. It will be in public beta by the time this is live. Earth Science is also doing well. They've got about 216 questions already and I think a little under a week. Interestingly, they have 60 meta questions already. So the meta site is pretty active. Um, grab just a couple of questions from that site. There's one Earth Sciences question 446. This is kind of a more general interest. It is a Earth Sciences question, but it is the kind of general public might find interesting. Why do snowflakes form into hexagonal structures? Aha. Uh -huh. hmm. They're trying to fit into Stack Overflow offices. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Our offices are hexagonal here. If you'd like to work in hexagonal office, apply to Stack Exchange. A great idea in theory. But what's cool in this, I think, yeah, exactly. Our, Pack them in like bees. If you think about building hexagonal offices, write us a note. We have some feedback for you. And it is mostly don't listen to Jason Punyon. But this question, the answer is more interesting than the questions. The question is kind of general interest, but a good sign for this site. The answer has a really complicated oh, diagram. Yes, a massively chart. complex sort of relational diagram on a grid between vapors, solids, and liquids that I don't really understand. And then another picture that shows various structures over some sort of bell curve distribution. Yeah. 
and then dendrite. What are the references? And the point here is it can get sort of interesting, but I think there's real kind of genuine cited science. Another one that struck me was I like this because it looks like a site that's evolving into scientists kind of collaborating in their real work. Question number uh, 58 is what is the status of the Remo and Rudiman idea that Tibet cooled the earth? I don't know what the hell this is about, which is often the sign of a good stack exchange community. Tibet? The uplift of the Tibetan plateau. The uplift of the Tibetan plateau. And what the question is, is basically saying, I'm familiar with this theory. It was highly discussed. It was challenged. What is the current scientific consensus? And then what you have is there's answers that basically say, this was the historical perspective. This is the study on this. These are the responses all sourced. Wow. So what's cool is- This answer has- the sources list is as long as the answer well, itself. Well, that's, that's why I like it, is what this looks like to me is kind of real people in an academic community yeah. interacting in a very As opposed to what you get on Yahoo Answers with the same question, which would be, pigeons! <laughs> <laughs> or right, something... I, I, bet, I bet you can make that work. What? How did the pigeons do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like, that's the kind of answer you get on Yahoo Answers, and then it's marked as answered to no, nobody else comes like, along and writes a better answer. My sister went to Tibet once, and... Yeah. <laughs> But so the, they no, seemed really nice. I could believe that they helped cool the earth. Yeah. And her cat is still sad. The other thing that struck me when I went to Meta is they're already thinking about sort of how do they start to form rules that or guidelines that'll make things more helpful. And that often manifests in like, how do we stop everything? Which is often a little bit of an overreaction. Here it's more things like what I really liked is how do we deal with identify this rock questions? And if, <laughs> no, no, but if, if you're a geologist, right? It's actually, it's identify a valid like they're question. actually dealing with something they've identified in the ground. And the point of this isn't like, how do we stop it? It was actually, what should be the requirements of what you need to do? And they lay out, like, you need to photograph it with bright light, with a like reference object to indicate how big it is. You need to try to score it and indicate whether it was markable with metal, with plastic. And so it's a community sort of forming around, like, how do we essentially create the guidelines that'll help us do this in the right fashion? So if I have a rock that I need identified, I can go to this site. It's just granite. They're Leave gonna, us alone. They're it's all granite. First of all, it's a piece of plastic. <laughs> if you found it in your backyard or you have it in your front yard or whatever, it's probably just granite. If it's like I scratched it with a knife, <sighs> it tastes very chocolatey. You didn't ask that, but I think that's relevant. It's kind of crunchy on the outside. Yeah. You might have an M&M. Okay. Earth Sciences doing wonderful. I had a, you know, I had a rock computer when I was a kid. A rock computer? Yeah. Is that a computer made of a rock? No. Or a rock a... that... Computer. Well, you just was a single-purpose computer <laughs> that allowed you to determine what kind of a rock you had, and the way it worked, it was really cool. You had this deck of cards that you put in the top of the computer. I'm sorry, was the computer a cardboard sorry. box? And was no. it possible there was a sibling was inside plastic. it that was writing down? <laughs> no, no, no. Rock. Listen to how the rock computer this worked. Like, is this like Calvin's transmogrifier? No, nope. kind of a game that you and your friends played. And Abby, make them stop. <laughs> how did you, how did this cardboard box computer <laughs> identify let rocks? Let them go. I, I think was it's trying to get funnier. Tell me. So, you took a stack of cards that had little slots and holes cut in the bottom in an interesting pattern, or across the top. This yeah, is like the cards you feed into an holes. old computer. Yeah, except that across the top row of each card, so each card represents one, one type of rock. Okay. And across the top of every card was a series of holes, and some of the holes were actually like little V-shaped slits. You put that in the top of the rock computer. And then you did various tests on the rock. They gave you various things to try to scratch it with or to scratch with it and various little chemical experiments to do. And based on the results, you put these little pins into various holes. So like if it's softer than, you know, stick number four, but but harder than plate number seven, then stick something in four and something in seven, right? So you stuck these little things in. And then you opened a little slide drawer and 
all the possible types of rocks that would be would fall down. And you get maybe three or four out of your entire deck of cards, which uh, would tell you that essentially you had some card. It was a differential grab. diagnosis oh. machine. Yeah. Right. It's been, you're basically the the punching is essentially eliminating certain types of rocks right. that fail like to meet the criteria. Than this, then it, then that would have a complete circle. But if it's less than that, it would Got have it. like a little what do you call it? A, a delta. You know what, what's the technical word for that? You know, dongle femur. Anyway, and then you get through and they'd be like, okay, and then pick. You know, does it look like this, that, or the other? And you would eventually figure out exactly what kind of rock you had. And it was always granite. Next week on the Stack Exchange Podcast, Joel, what kind of rock is this? Someone needs to do internet right. research and find out if this product ever actually existed. Do you know the name of the... Can we, yes, do you it have was like called a brand the Rock name? Computer. Really? <laughs> yes. If you look that up now, you're going to see like Dwayne Johnson inside a MacBook. Yeah, it's, I'm not finding it. Okay. Last on our list of site milestones... I'm looking for a picture of the Rock Computer. ...is the Academia launch. Academia, academia.stackexchange.com, has been in public beta and doing really well for quite some time. And we've rolled out Stefan's beautiful new site design. Oh, is Eight. this it? Wait. Did you find a just rock posted computer? a link. I tried, Stefan. We're back to figuring out what rock this rock is. Rock identify and identification computer. It's a link to a product on Amazon. That's Can it. I buy That's this? it. Look, it's got the little things. Oh, my God. I haven't seen this in years. You, somebody could buy me this. <laughs> it looks. It doesn't look that different from the Flintstones computer. Is that I was not imagining. what I described? It's got the little holes punched across the top and the wow. little things that you plug. What's you the see cup the of water that's sitting there? Is well, that, that part of the thing, identification? Yeah, if they compl- dissolved completely, then you had a type of rock. <laughs> it was salt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is one of those times that doesn't exist today because step six was like, "What does the rock taste like?" Yeah. Wait, how do I get back to the actual product? I don't know. Can I buy one of these? I don't know. Rick nine twenty. For rock hounds, young and old. Today, you can't say that anymore. It's not... Rock hounds? You're not offensive? allowed to advertise something as being for rock hounds. What? Why? That's like the least offensive thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> okay, let's... Okay, last put that milestone. Down. Anything, anything north of rock hounds, I'm allowed to say. Can we make... <laughs> can we get that on the record? I'm not... I'm losing my voice. I'm not supposed to be oh, talking on this podcast. Currently unavailable. Even... We're not... We can't buy it. Okay. But it does have some reviews. But I mean, just from the picture, you could probably assemble your own, right? <laughs> I don't think I know enough about rocks. <laughs> it's just a bunch of little things that you that you scratch it with. Oh, one of them is like the weight. You hang it off that little thing and it sort of determines the weight. Oh, the water determines the specific gravity of the thing. Is that a word? Specific what, if gravity? It, if it sinks versus floats? Yeah, relative to something. I don't know. Aren't, isn't that kind of a binary? <laughs> <laughs> if it floats, it might be a duck. <laughs> It's very not, small rocks. Very tiny rocks. Churches. <laughs> okay, okay, we've gotten to Monty Python. Is that on the is that on the podcast bingo card? Yeah. Definitely better than rock. Drinking out. game. That's right. Take a shot. I'm gonna try again. Our last site milestone, our academia site focused on academics, mm. has gotten its beautiful new design. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about the design process in a second after we talk briefly about our site of the week and new features. But the academia design, I think, is... Uh, Stefan is ready, for the beautiful. record. Stefan is ready. And there's... Well, we can talk a little bit about how the process and kind of how you came at it maybe in just a minute. Next up, we have our featured community. Or you want to do new features first? Now, do your new stuff, features. Your stuff first, Jay. No, I get do, it. Do new features. We'll, we'll wear Joel out on rock. I don't, don't want to... I don't want to drag drag this on, but did we decide the rocks are off topic on Earth Sciences? Because it would be a shame if we got all the rock aficionados out. I was excited about Earth Sciences, only to have them go there. There's going to be a new meta question on the Earth Sciences site tonight saying, how do we control the number of questions number of Joel Spolsky can ask that are some form of, aren't rocks awesome? <laughs> 
Uh, I believe what we decided, just to be clear, was rock identification questions are allowed on Earth Sciences. Oh, thank God. But product recommendations for computers which could identify rocks are not allowed. Oh, there's really only the one. (laughs) Anything related to to Dwayne the Rock Johnson Okay, new features. Just some small things. So one of our... The iPhone app. Okay, that one's not small, but we already talked about that one. The iPhone app is coming. So that's happening. And then on Android, and this will also come to iOS, we've been working on real-time updates. So you may notice if you've been using the app that previously, if you were looking at a question and it got updated, you wouldn't get updated until you left and came back or refreshed it somehow. Now that just happens automatically, magically. You can just be looking like on the website at a question in the app and the vote count will update and so on automatically. So that's out out on Android or will be out very soon. Some other things, the MSO MetaStack Overflow, MetaStack Exchange split happened. We've already talked about that, but yeah. pretty much if you're looking to talk about Stack Exchange in general, go to meta.stackexchange.com. If you're looking to talk about Stack Overflow specifically, go to metastackoverflow.com. If you want to talk about MetaStack Exchange, you can do that on Meta MetaStack Exchange. That's right. No, you have to work Which for the company. Which is what we're doing right here. Um, you're not allowed to talk about... Right. That's oh, that's all we topic. ever talk about. Always off topic. Meta meta. You have to be employed by the company in order yeah. to get to that uh, that site. That level of meta ness. That's right. Um, and it's been going pretty well. We don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but we're pretty happy with it. Especially Meta Stack Overflow. It's been interesting. Has had several discussions recently that have been interesting. Just talking about sort of Stack Overflow problems that might not have happened or gotten as much attention as they would have before, what mixed in with the rest of the network. So overall, seems like a good change. Other things that happened, just a couple other things. We've been busy breaking SuperUser, trying to move it to Cloudflare. We're using SuperUser as our testing site. We aren't really trying to break it. We're trying to make it faster and more awesome by running it through Cloudflare's network, which lets us do a bunch of things, but push a lot of the, like, the... Static files. That, well, this, we already have the CDN, but it lets us push the actual like TCP termination out to the edge. Of the so if edge you are a long way away in, say, Asia, Cloudflare has a data center there that you just connect to that, and then they connect to us. And, and it should make it faster. more efficient than just using the internet. Why? It is more efficient because you can do your, like I said, the, the TCP termination there. So the, the handshake that has to happen. Oh, like the, the three-step. Yeah, and like the, the and the DNS. We also move DNS over to them. That happens locally instead of having to come all the way back to New York. Okay. And then once you're actually just you've done the handshake and you're just sending data, they have this product called Railgun, which actually does diffs. That's a great so it's, name. that sounds like one of those three D shooters. So your tough. request gets a weapon proxied back to us. We <laughs> <laughs> your request gets proxied back to kind us. Kind of like a nail gun, but it's shooting like gigantic rail railroad rails. Uh, no, a railgun is even cooler than that. Yeah. A railgun is a Oh, it's an actual thing. It yeah. uses electromagnets to propel a bolt extremely fast. We're going to talk about guns. I'm going to insist we but let that's, Courtney lead the conversation. That's a, <laughs> that's what a railgun actually is. This railgun product, anyway, the point is it sends less data back because it does diffs locally. So we produce the page. It diffs it against the last thing it, was, it sent. It just sends the delta back. Makes it faster, theoretically. Okay. We've been working on actually making it faster. Unfortunately, recently we seem to have broken something on SuperUser. But should be back soon and better than ever so that's been going on and uh, that's about it we've got another careers feature that maybe we'll spend more time on a future podcast talking about but i'll just say we are working on careers city pages which one of our designers here has been working really hard on city pages maybe we'll talk about that in a minute when we get to the designers that's all i got okay last thing before we get to our guests our community of the week month 
that a podcasting saying? period. Yeah, our featured yeah. community. We always do a featured community. Oh, I thought that was Earth Sciences. And Earth Sciences is just one of our milestones because they're new. It just We spent a long time talking about it because you had a lot to say about a rock computer that turned out not to be made up. Yep. Our featured community this month-ish is travel. One of the things I like about travel is that I think this is one of those that at first glance you go, what the hell does that even mean? Are there really experts? People have things in common. But when you start to dig into sort of the concerns you might have while traveling, either in a specific country or generally through airports, through the travel process, is it is one of those areas where there's not good canonical source of information, which is to say the people that actually know how to solve complex problems are people with specific experience having gone through it, whether it's because they traveled uh, in similar circumstances to you through those places or are just frequent travelers um, or airplane aficionados, which will be in the second two categories. And so some of the questions are very esoteric. I want to talk with them about sort of visa procedures in various countries, sort of how to deal with things like what happens at the airport if you have no ID, right? If you've lost it on the way, what, what is the procedure? Can you get through in, in a specific country, et cetera, where people don't want to post the answers on kind of the FAA site, but people know. And so so it's really good at solving the kinds of problems that we're good at, where the only trustworthy information is sort of when you can get a bunch of experts who've been through it. Grabbed a few of the questions that are probably the less advanced awesome ones, but are more broadly interesting, which is to say someone who travels like once a year like me can follow them. A couple of really good ones. Question number 19808, which sounds like a joke to me, and it turns out it's not. Why do people on airplanes often have tomato juice as a drink? <laughs> sounds ridiculous. I, well, I they this... serve it on the airplane. Well, so I that thought helps. this is like a joke, and then I thought... I've had tomato juice 50 times in my life, and 40 were on airplanes. Yeah. And I'd never thought about it before. But it's, uh, what is it? It's like a Bloody Mary mix. So People just like literally that's right. order that's Bloody Mary have mix it. on the airplane. Well, but hang on. So there's some sort of well thought out. Kate Gregory, who's a user on a number of our sites, always has very good answers. And she talks a little bit about sort of the ones you can reason out, which is it's more filling. It feels more like food than other things. So a place <laughs> where you're kind of hard up and they offer things, it just seems like a good thing to take. It's more well, instead expensive. Of, instead of buying the $7 sandwich, you could get the free tomato Correct. juice. more expensive. It's more expensive generally than other it's things. more value out you of feel like $346 plane. You feel like you're getting more right. seven cent more for free mini can of That's tomato right. juice you really want to maximize your free beverage she points out mini at can home of they used to come in weird big containers you'd never finish which is also true That's and here true. it's in a small so they taste so a bunch of interesting intuitive answers someone else michael borgward i'm probably mispronouncing that has another answer that points out that tomato juice and certain other types of foods that are highly sort of salty and sort of over flavored <laughs> taste better on airplanes which sounds like the kind of crazy thing my little brother would say. This according to scientists. But, and there, there's a study that basically says that at altitude, the amount you taste salty things is diminished. And so sort of you want these things with a higher content. So it actually is physiologically more appealing in that environment. And it cites an actual study. It says, well, it's a, <sighs> it's a website more than a study. It's on the internet, Joel. It's, a, it's, it's on a, the internet. I, okay. Some person somewhere said... Yeah. So, other uh, high-quality questions I would recommend <laughs> to a friend. I am highly skeptical as to that answer. Can oh, we well, just post it on skeptics.sackexchange? Oh, ooh, that's good. Bounce it over there to get the right answer. Let's start a cross-network brawl, a conflict yes. between these two. The scientists are so smart. Why doesn't the tomato juice just Darwin some legs and walk away? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, it's sad because as soon as he said, if science is so smart, I thought we were going to get something really valuable after that and well-considered. <laughs> um, Joel, you thought that from, from Joel. I am drinking the tomato juice on the airplane. I did. And it hasn't walked away. We got to talk to our designers, and Joel, not so much. 
Okay, a couple of other interesting ones we don't have to dig into. This one acknowledges a little bit right in its lead-in that they know where they're going. They're a little uncomfortable. But question number 3080. It's a potty question. It is a potty question. My son would love it. Okay, we're all adults here. So honestly, how on earth should I use a squat toilet? Asked by Hippie Trail. That's actually kind of a terrible question. Well, hang on. I did not know the answer to this question until I read this. He's one of the sites, Hippie Trail's one of the site's most prolific users. And he writes out like, I'm not trying to- There's only one possibility, really. Well- (laughs) He, he talks out the challenges that when you try to squat without any experience, you can't easily take your pants off, and your pants are actually potentially going to be in the way. This is getting really graphic. I don't get into the details. So you but take your pants <laughs> off No, first. there's a counterintuitive answer, which is you need to leave them pulled up much higher than you'd think, which kind of keeps the, the sort of catching region of your pants up by your knees <laughs> really? and out of the up way. Into your knees. It's not yeah, intuitive. Yeah. It really isn't. The it's answer a good is, answer. Right. It's a good question. It's not what you'd expect, because the answer is you're actually supposed to just times. crap in your pants and then shake them out <laughs> into a toilet. Did David just make this oh more childish? I never expected that. <laughs> Last two I'll leave you with. We don't have to dig into. A wire alarm passengers asked to lift up window shades during takeoff and landing has an awesome answer from a flight attendant who explains That's what... so that you can see if the airplane is on fire while you land. And they know pretend that it's a safety thing, to... but really it's to save the flight attendants some time going through the cabin cleaning. It, what? That's mm, not how they position it. No, it's it. actually a safety thing. No? Right. It's, eyes, it's basically eyes out, eyes in is the, is the summary of what, what she breaks out is that during takeoff and landing is the time they're most worried about, obviously. It's one if of the there most... is an accident during yeah. takeoff and landing, you want to be able to see what the hell is going on so you can get out of the plane without having to open the little shades. Right. Their point is it's all super time-based. Their, yeah. their job is to get everybody off a plane in 90 seconds. And so every right. sort of, every little thing that isn't an extra second matters. And so the attendants being able to see out the windows to the situation on the ground is crucial. The yeah. passengers add to that because right. passengers are loud, especially they often they call... discover when the, air, when the airplane's engines are on fire. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so great answer from a flight attendant. The last one we won't get into, but I thought was a good one is how do I avoid drinking vodka? Totally serious question about how to deal with traveling in Russia and not being rude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When you're encouraged to drink vodka constantly, That's a big there were number of thoughtful answers from people who had right. lived or studied in Russia. You they could just tell them is, you're an alcoholic. It is almost always <laughs> um, just get wasted and enjoy it, dummy. Uh, <laughs> three people wrote that. Uh, no, the mostly said pretend. But anyway, travel.stackexchange.com, it's great for that. I just can't fathom where to find this, and no airline or country would put this on their homepage, but someone has probably experienced it. And with that, can I think we, we should we talk, to the talk to our nine guests uh, who perhaps have something less silly to say than any of us. They've been sitting here trying hard not to fall asleep at all of our lame jokes. Mm. All right, let's introduce them real quick. So Jin, obviously, we've had on before, though. I was looking, it's been three years, I think, since we've had Jin on the podcast. Really? But uh, he's been around the network for a long time. For a long time, day. he was our only designer. Yeah, I've been here for 10 years now. Doing everything. 10 years. That's not <laughs> true. Right. <laughs> It's clearly a lie. I know. But Jen, why don't you just real quick introduce the other members of your team? Or should I let them introduce themselves? Or I you barely can... know them, but... <laughs> well, I'm Jen. They kind of and... all look the same to me, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> and I'll go around if you want to... Next sure. up is Stefan. Okay, I'm Stefan, so I'm the French guy. Usually everyone wants me to bring wine. And <laughs> where's my wine? You, you can't see Stefan, but he made air quotes. So I don't know what bring wine means in that secret code, but yeah, I really like to quote myself. <laughs> so I joined the company a few months ago after being a freelance designer. And this is I'm his first time in the US. My first time in the US, yeah. Oh. So basically, I'm eating everything which looks like fat and enjoying it as a Frenchman. 
<laughs> I feel like all. Stefan is really living up to my to my stereotypes of French people. I've been pretty <laughs> yeah. happy with him. We have another. He or- does have a Orle- striped shirt, a beret, and or- a baguette. <laughs> that's right. That's and he's, right. He's riding a bicycle that is slightly too small for him right. around the room. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and he's also he's also a mime, surprisingly. <laughs> I'd like to point out two hours ago I said to Stefan, Joel is going to make mm. fun of you, probably what? French people and possibly the nation of France, so let's just get prepared. <laughs> and then we all helped. Yeah, I, I jumped right in. All right, sorry, but that's that's Stefan. Let's let's keep going. I am Courtney, I'm from Indiana. I can't make fun of Indiana because I'm from Indiana myself. And I'm Josh. I'm I live in Pennsylvania. Way less exciting than France. They have not really fulfilled my Stereotypes of Indiana and Pennsylvania, unfortunately. Because um, Dave and I don't know where those states are or what they're like. <laughs> they're in the Pacific Northwest. Between right? us and California. Uh, it's Pacific Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in, those are, those are minor states. Near Seattle. <laughs> larger state of flyover. Canadian province? I don't That's know. That's right. Yeah, it's near Canada. I think they wrestle a lot of bears and, and ride mooses. So, what do you guys do? What does the design team do? We just drink coffee and wear fedoras. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all wearing some sort of tortoise shell glasses. They look cooler than we do. Right. So actually this is the same question uh design candidates asked me when they were interviewed. So I meant typical speeches. We do have two products, the stack exchange QA side and we also have career side. So those are our two main products. For each product, they have their own design tasks. For example, uh people are familiar with our stack exchange community sites when once the site graduates it gets its own branding and we do top user appreciation swag package but we also do something less uh, visual which is more site features you know they involve more user research information architecture some new features like the new user profile section and last year we work on the login pages and on the career side we have more product oriented features like the city pages and some other like search results some other features we work on and we also work on marketing stuff and miscellaneous stuff. For example, your beer pong table design. That's true. One, one of Jin's most important, timeless pieces of work, in fact, was... The beer pong table. Yes, I said, I, I need to paint a beer pong table, mostly at Michael's orders. And I just wanted you, as the sort of creative director to vet, I'm going to put one logo here and the other logo there and make one side blue and one orange, and I'm going to stencil it and draw it. And Jin said, uh, just give it to me. I'll, I'll work on that. And I'm like, no, 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 this is a beer pong. We got it. We got it. I don't, I don't remember how that's how it happened. I remember <laughs> it was probably the fourth time you bugged me about it. And I really, first time you asked me, I thought you were joking. And Jin <laughs> sent me back a document with sort of his design concept. And he said he thought there needed to be a certain pageantry to it. it I am fairly confident saying it is the most intricately, thoughtfully designed beer pong table possibly in the world. It's really crazy. It came on two giant stickers. It did. Which That's because I said to Jin, that's lovely, but I can't paint that. And he right. said, I have a plan. Got it printed on two gigantic stickers, and then we got two sheets of plywood, which Jay unfortunately let one of them warp, but... It's almost as though I'm not a trained carpenter. Carpenter? I don't know. Putting a sticker on plywood is carpentry? I asked about this on the do-it-yourself site, and I got some really good help. So anyway, we now have a very nice beer pong table sure. for some reason. That was not really the complete answer to what is the what design is team do. What is for our listeners that are not in fraternities? What is it, beer pong? <laughs> so oh to be my. clear, this was designed really for what we call the, the Dartmouth style of beer pong. It's played with yeah. paddles. Yeah, you've got two. Not only is there beer pong. There's, you, there's competing standards. There's like American standards. rules, Australian rules, Dartmouth Yeah, we don't rules, play that silly game, that, that Beirut-y thing where you throw the balls at a target. That's what we like, play in Indiana. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I bet <laughs> We do not clean do, the balls. You throw the balls into a cup on the other side. They actually play yeah. that, yeah. They play that at IHOP. And, yes, yes, we play it at IHOP, White Castles. 
See, Indiana is like I thought it was. Okay, this is this is getting better. We've we've <laughs> we've devolved. Jen, you mentioned the pipe design. I think is one of the most interesting to me, and probably a lot of our listeners. One of the things we do that I think is important is each of our sites has a sort of look and feel that is specific to that community. And I think maybe that process, maybe you you and Stefan have kind of both more kind of talk a little bit how you do that because it's very sort of topic specific, and in many cases the topics aren't ones that we know that much about coming in. That's what happens to me most of the time. Some sites are just easier to design, right? If I, there's something I do every day, like cooking or video games, but then we have sites like WordPress or mathematics, that there's not really a visual association tied to those sites. When you think of math, what visuals do you think of? So those are sites that are harder for me to do. Most of the times, like when Stefan and I work on sites, we kind of brainstorm about Visually, what look and feel, what kind of mood are we trying to capture here, right? So when it comes to visual, to me, it's more like about capturing a mood, whether it's a new user or an existing user. Within the first five seconds, they should get some kind of mood set in. For example, if you look at our video game site versus SharePoint, they're, even though it's the same site underneath, it's definitely two different look and feel. So for topics we don't know too much about, we do a lot of research. And then once we agree on a creative direction, we just say, for example, the academic side, we agree that we should convey that campus feel. Yep. And then since I didn't work on it, and Stefan and I agreed on this, the look and feel we should go for, and he just went ahead with this, these really cool illustrations for it. I felt like it captured them. Yeah, so maybe Stefan could talk a little bit more about the academia design. So what were some of the things that you were thinking about when you were working on that design? So first, I started to read a lot of questions in order to really understand this community and what the community really talks about and, you know, really the, the overall feeling, I would say. Then I did a lot of research on academia, academics, and tried to find the right way. Should I draw something about campus? Should I draw something about degrees? I don't know. And then we decided to go on a campus field, and I did a lot of illustration. And then we agreed to go to with a stroke illustration, so it's a specific kind of illustration where basically you, you draw one line and you do almost everything with one line. And I think uh, we agree on that style and I'm really glad with the style we have now and, uh, and the community liked it. So It's a beautiful yeah. site and there's a cool, like the logo has a nice sort of very sort of abstract uh, bookshelf vibe yeah. that I, I really like. One thing that's interesting I think about Academia is a good example. Jin, you mentioned Arcade or the, the gaming site. There's a lot of challenges, obviously, not that I understand them uh, from the design perspective, but I think one of the things a lot of these sites is when you think about what they're about, it's often very diverse, right? So the academia site, their professors, we think, what are these professors about? They're each about some topic, but the question almost becomes, what do they have in common? And like gaming is another example where there's all these genres and styles, and it's sort of like if you pick one, it, it kind of can fail on being too narrow a subset. And so it's, you've got to kind of, and I think both cases you guys found what is the unifying thing that all yeah, these people feel the, like the, they share? The gaming one, that was one of the earliest sites we launched. I was totally new back then when <laughs> designing SC sites. As you said, the challenge is there are different graphic styles when it comes to video games, right? There's like the CG, the cel-shaded. There's not really one style that really captures all the gaming genres right now. That's why I went with like an 8-bit one. I can't say that's like the best solution, but I do feel like that's one most people can relate to. And especially at the time, I saw like the indie game developer industry, there's a trend of going back to this pixel hand-drawn style. So I thought they'd make it more popular. You know, and that's what I like is I feel like if you ask each person what 
genre of game or what the, how they think of it, it's different. But that sort of that old school gaming vibe is one they all kind of converge on. I think that's one of the sort of bigger challenges that I don't feel like I could ever figure out is finding yeah. that central theme. Like I, I the was, campus I vibe. was hesitant about the eight bit thing first because I felt like you're older, maybe you're you know thirties and above, maybe you grew up through that. 8-bit gaming era, right? But what about younger generation? But then I felt a bit better about it because I saw more and more indie games. That you... Because Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, Minecraft's huge. So, so who knows? Maybe five years down the road, we can pick something else. Um, and that's one cool thing about our sites is in the future, I do plan to revisit some of our older sites, maybe see, see how we can do them better. Can I ask a boring technical question about academia? It looks like this is designed to be a retina... Mm-hmm. image i mean it's got really thin lines yeah basically that you probably couldn't do at at an old dpi so we have to... yeah you get a different image so so basically now all our work to sites are in which innovations yep well right. the new sites you did we, we haven't done that to all the old sites yet. yeah the yeah. new sites N- new sites going forward are getting retina so did you just design this twice yeah yeah so what i do every time this is just the way i work I work in a specific document where I just do not have any size. So basically, I can draw everything I want to get an overall mood. So I design it at twice the size and then reduce it. But the, the idea is not just to design in a Q&A template because you can be, you can be as creative as when you design without bounding. What does is, what is the lat2 mean? Is that just the actual name of the image? Just get a non-retina monitor. Abby's got one right there. Joel's she trying show to plug the... Joel, Joel really wants to see what it looks like on the non-retina monitor. One thing I always find interesting sort of is the back and forth with the community. So a couple of things I think are sort of interesting is, and you've talked in the past about how you deal with designing a community when the topic is foreign to you. And then also I thought after maybe Stefan, kind of the interface where you put something in front of the community and they have feedback or don't like it or feel like it doesn't quite fit them. I think that part of the process where we kind of get from them may be interesting to kind of talk a little bit about. Yeah, I I think... When I first started, to be honest, I was really scared <laughs> because <laughs> because I, I'm literally pitching to a community by design, right? Because most designers, when you hear stories like "Climb from Hell," it's like designer present a design, and so many people have inputs. And this is a special case too because I'm not presenting designs to say stakeholders. I'm presenting to actual users who will use my design. So I feel even more pressured about it. So what I've learned is the Throughout the whole process, the hardest part is the pitching part. And you probably read my meta posts on yep. each community. And I've learned how to write it better over the years. I mean, I always keep it short and concise. But I do want to explain myself. I didn't just come up with a certain look and feel because I felt like it. I tried to explain because I did research. I did a lot of research about your community, about your topic. And I came up with this color scheme because, you know, I felt it was appropriate or certain images I used. And so that way, no user is going to come in and say, oh, I don't like that red you use. Why don't you use my green? So if I pitch it while people don't interject their personal preferences as much, and if they do, they may get downloaded by the It also community. helps to articulate something I think that isn't often intuitive when you're in a critiquing a design perspective, which is oftentimes there's something that feels like a good idea, but when you go to implement it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. It feels off. And it gives you an opportunity to say, I looked at this because it felt so aligned with you. But when we try to make the whole background purple and all the text gray, it really becomes hard to That's read. That's happened you know? once, right? And I think I 
and know which the side only, you're on. Oh, no, no, that wasn't, that wasn't meant to be a, a postulate. I meant more that you can articulate the things that feel to a community like a good idea because they've never tried to implement them in a real design. Whereas, you know, like, it sounds good, but it won't ship. It can't work that way. That one that Jay was accidentally referring to is before Jay's time. It was the only site design, I think, that we've had to actually undo. Right. Yeah. We, 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 we rolled it out for site design. like a week and I was, we got something. We actually good. went back into beta for like another two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, this was, so it was the physics site, right? Yeah. And we yeah. rolled out what was a aesthetically. It's like white on black, right? Aesthetically beautiful design where it used this blackboard yeah. theme. So there was a, a story to that because prior to the original physics launch, we had like, first of all, remember the old beta theme was called Sketchy, right? That was like a notepad right. theme. Yep. And then we, for programmers, we had like a whiteboard. Yeah. So I remember at the time, Jeff thought it would be a really cool idea for physics since it's like ah, academic so side. So just he, throw Jeff under the bus here. No, no, no. I mean, I, <laughs> ultimately, it's my responsibility, so I take the blame for it. So he thought it would be a really cool idea to use a blackboard, right? Because you, when you're in college, um, professors write on blackboard. Everything academic would be a blackboard. But it ended up just looking at like like a gamer site. <laughs> well, they, it was, you can see it the detail. Really like, hard I, I did the, yeah, it looks cool, the chalk mark in the back, make it really authentic. It looks, the look is awesome, but yeah, I couldn't so, read it for long. So like, I, right. I actually spent quite a bit of effort. I found like a, a chalk font, and I even did these smudges on the background. So it looks like a real blackboard people wrote on it. And so everything stylistically, I thought it fit really well. But the whole site had a black background with white text. And I remember I was pretty concerned about that. and. But we all thought maybe this is a cool idea. Even when we presented design, I think half the people liked it, half the people didn't know how to feel about it. Which is about average for a site <laughs> right. design announcement. Right, so when we finally launched that design, the first week there were a lot of negative feedback. And I was like, maybe, you know, they're just not used to it. Maybe over time they'll get used to it. But it just turned out the community. In fact, I think some users just threatened to quit the site. And I felt really bad because... <laughs> wow, okay, I'm going to strike that from the record. Just because you threatened to quit doesn't mean you get whatever you want. Just for... <laughs> Yeah, right. just so you know. But That's I'm, a mean thing to say to a designer. But after reviewing your design, I, I quit. quit the site. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I have very thick skin. So, but but then I do feel like you know this is not appropriate because first of all, I'm not the user of the site, right? Because I may check the site while I'm designing it, but afterwards, it's really the users, the moderators who spend hours on the site. It's, so they should have design they're happy with, not something I think looks cool for the sake of looking cool. So we this design and if you look at physics section now it's a lot cleaner a lot easier to read yeah i like that design a lot it's but it actually lovely. went there back was, to beta for quite yeah, a long time yeah there was time. a huge lag because it was just a yeah no we only had one we only had one designer we, well we had to wait for everybody that was alive at the time of the first thing to die <laughs> to off forget, and a whole yeah, new generation to right. arise like uh like that <laughs> the other israelites story. wandering in the desert right no it was we took it so they we had a slave mentality and they could not be free people in the land of israel that's right right what? Okay, so we had to, we had to, something. yeah, we had to roll back the design, and then but we had to wait so long, and then we promised them another design, but there was like, <laughs> I think we were a little mad, like we were a little, there was a little bit, a bit of passive like, aggressivity. Okay, we were like, just wait. All right, you don't, you, you can get another design, but like not until everybody else has gotten their one design. <laughs> like you don't get a second design until everybody else has gotten one. No, I, I really felt bad about it because it was. Really, my fault. I failed them to begin with. I I remember there were some users asking Amanda, "Like, are we being punished?" <laughs> and I said, "No, <laughs> and I'm sorry. Yes. I literally don't have time to work on that, and I promise I'll do one." You don't tell them they're being punished. They're not going to learn, Jen. It's, <laughs> uh, you're That's wasting right. the lesson. That's right. Anyway, eventually we redesigned it, and it looks nice now. And we learned a lesson we have never violated since, which is don't have a dark theme. 
don't have light text on a dark background, except on the photography meta site, sort of, but the meta site. The photography meta site has a very clever design. It's a little hard to read. It's a photo negative, basically, of the main site. The concept's kind of cool, but it is a light on dark. But let's, I wanted to talk a little bit about graphic design if we have time. But first, why don't we talk a little bit, Josh and, and then Courtney, what, what are you guys working on most of the time? What is not site design, it's other things. Yeah, I've, right now, I've, it's been a, a ton of user profile stuff. Joel would like to spend two hours discussing that on this <laughs> podcast because I didn't get to touch on some of the thousand points I'd laid out last week. Yeah, I did listen to that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so we're currently in, in that process. But yeah, it's been a, an interesting process, like just learning the ins and outs of low rep and mid rep and John Skeets of the world, kind of figuring out, you know. John Skeet breaks everything. <laughs> That's been interesting. But before that, careers mainly just working through a lot of workflows and experiences we did some stuff with messaging last year so helping companies talk with potential candidates easier better yes you may never see it but careers has a beautiful gmail-like messaging interface for uh, communicating with potential future employers so if you apply to a job or if an employer reaches out to you you now get sent to this wonderful messages place where you can reply to them and have a conversation even before your interview. So that was Josh who worked on that. And this is Courtney. I've been here since January, and I've been primarily focused on careers work, although I've done a couple of small marketing material-related requests as well. CV candidate search is currently one of the big features that I'm working on for careers, as well as we've rolled out a city page experiment, which focused on Chicago and London. And that was a really, really interesting... That experiment's gone great. They're both really big cities now. <laughs> <laughs> They're both really interesting projects to be a part of because it was actually my design task during the interview process. Oh, those are your tests? Oh, that's awesome. So that was my test coming in. And then so I had a a lot of like kind of knowledge coming in and I felt very good about what I proposed, obviously, for that design challenge. It was cool because when I became part of the team, Jen and Josh had already actually worked on that too. So there was a lot of like synergy around, hey, did you think of doing it this way? And it was really cool to kind of see their different approaches to doing that and then integrating that with what I had, which really focused on visualizing our job listings on a map. So when you look at Chicago, kind of, can you give me an idea of where these companies are at and located in the city and how far am I going to have to drive if I maybe live in a certain suburb? And that was only one kind of small piece of that project. But overall, we were really trying to pull these together as tech hubs or tech communities. Yeah. So just to talk a little bit more generally about city pages, the idea there was, and these aren't really live yet, we're still experimenting with them and tweaking some things. And most importantly, it takes us a little bit of time to make each one. But the idea was we'd take like the top, like 20, I think is the number we usually throw around, 10, 20 tech hubs around the world and make like a dedicated page for them. So like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, London, Austin, whatever else. And so there'd be a landing page for these cities where you could go. And the idea was a destination page. The idea is we really want this to be not just... What what kind of web page is not a destination page? It's sort of bizarre. Well, just like a list. We want people to to go there. We're making this very special kind of web page that we want people to go to. (laughs) (laughs) All the other web pages we make. Content farm. Don't They they don't want anybody there. Well, the idea is that we want it to be... It's like, so you're thinking about moving to Chicago right? kind of page that's supposed to tell you a little bit about like what's it like to be a, a developer person? there, what give you some information, what are the big companies, you can see a map, kind of where are the companies located, who's hiring, you can... What communities you can get involved with. Yeah. I think it shifts who you envision using it. So when you've got a basic page that's full of job listings that list the things, and obviously careers are really designed to be a little more fleshed out than that, but 
when you're looking at like, what is this job? Am I qualified? Can I apply to it? You've got to be searching for a job that you need sort of actively. I think having these city pages, you can kind of go to careers.com and then you look at like, what are like the top tech job listings in London? What's the London scene like? All of a sudden, it's a place you can kind of like dream of living in a different place and sort of browse for future. Right. Like it expands the window to people that would be interested in daydreaming about their next move someday or starting to consider it or think out a new life that isn't, I need a job now. I just think it's a different audience sort of in a, in a good right. way. Right. I was thinking back to like when I was graduating from college and I didn't even know where I wanted to live. And I knew that I wanted to work in tech, but there was sort of like some rumors that there's a thing called Silicon Valley, but I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know that it was the kind of place where you had to drive a car or, you know, they couldn't walk anywhere and there was no nightlife. And tragically, you went up at tragically, Microsoft and you know, it all turned Microsoft. out terribly. You needed one of these sites to explain was. what was going yeah. on. And <laughs> ended up in Seattle, which is like the worst place. I guess it was better than Yale Redmond. probably. So. Redmond. Seattle would have been a little bit better marginally. Redmond, even worse. Yeah. So you mentioned advanced search. What does advanced search do? So what we were trying to do there is improve. We basically have like a new search engine behind the scenes that's doing a lot of work to provide better results. Uh, but what we wanted to do on the interface is actually bring out and allow some of our non-power users learn some of the power features available to them. So kind of surface advanced search functionality, like Boolean operators and or not. How can you build your search out and, and really kind of ratchet down exactly what you want to find in our data set? That was an interesting challenge because we originally, or one of my original design concepts was like very elegant, like a simple search box. Like with a top hat and a monocle? Yes. Very, yeah, very okay. elegant okay. like that. Just going to be a Curling box his, that you type yes. things in. Like ask Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> but ask he has great posture. Yeah. He really, the way he stands makes me trust him. Oh, man. What we found, and I was working very closely with the developers on this, is that we wanted to provide accelerants for like common actions. And one of the things I had really eliminated was location. And what we were seeing is actually that's an extremely important like component to the search. So we actually went back to like a dual search box paradigm, which originally we kind of tried to morph it into one. You yeah, try to make like one box. We had this form. idea that it's just like Google, you have one box and you, you just type, type in, you know, C sharp in New York and people will just get it because it's search. But it kind of turned out that, well, one, we couldn't quite make that work how it should work yet. We didn't have the magic. Well, for one thing, if you Language put C-sharp in anything, you always got John Skeet, no matter how you searched in our engine. Uh, yeah, Skeet. he's actually, um, I don't think he's looking for a job. If he were, we would hire him no matter what the cost. No, so yeah, we decided we had to split it back out because it turns out uh, sometimes if you just present people one box, they don't exactly know what they should type in there. Right. And uh, right. spelling out, you know, type your technologies here and your location here makes it a little easier for people to use, even though it's not quite as elegant as just one box. Right. So what about, you guys are all here in New York, physically, I could, I could touch any one of you right now. Please My don't. My arms please, are longer. Please don't. Let's talk a little bit about, you're, you're gathered up here in person, but remote work is kind of, we do it more here than in a lot of places, but from a design team perspective especially, that's kind of unusual, isn't it? Yes, I would say so. <laughs> as, <laughs> the, the end. As I thought. Uh, <laughs> well put, Jim. Well you put. If you wouldn't mind uh, elaborating on, so how, how do we make that work? What how, What are the challenges in that? What's What's harder as a result? What have we found good workarounds for, and what are we still struggling with? What's a more creative process than some of the other things we do here? See, that's what you get if you just if you just say yes to Jay. You get forty follow up questions. Oh, a longer question is what you want. You say no. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I I think the answer to your question like we all have. Uh, different type of backgrounds. For example, we all freelance individually. That's where we, you know, got our first taste working by yourself at, at your home. But we also work at... At my home? 
No, not your home. <laughs> yes, at your house. Because I didn't see you we there. We all work at your house. <laughs> you know, but we also work at you know probably corporate environment or like myself. I worked for the federal government before this job. Where I were they with, nice? Yeah, they were. They okay. were very nice. I really I wouldn't have them. thought that the federal government employed many designers. I was kind of surprised to learn. Jin made eagles look more free. <laughs> <laughs> I designed the the DTV side. Remember DTV, the digital TV conversion? That was a huge thing. I've you weren't the marketing guy for that, were you? Because I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, I was not. So, I'm sure it was beautiful. So working remotely has, you know, always seemed pretty natural for me because in the late 90s, I freelance quite a bit. I always work late at night. Like, sometimes I still do that now. But I think one thing I do miss in you know, a physical place is really just walk up to another designer, you know, show them that I work right on a whiteboard. That's something we can't really get working at home. We do use tools like Google Hangout or yep. Skype or our internal chat, but it's Still, it's not the same. For example, this week, I feel like we've accomplished a lot of stuff just by being in the same room, talking to each other. But I do appreciate that aspect. Even though Joel keeps walking in and saying, draw a cat for me, you're still getting things done. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was only one of our designers that he made draw. It was he made him draw. I made somebody draw a cat. No, you made him draw a sign <laughs> that for the it was true. sign for the dishwasher. That was his interview question. Yeah. Is that the one we have now that you turn upside down and then they're dirty? That's it, right. Is it, it still there? It, yeah, still it's still it? there. It's on the dishwasher. It says, awesome. I am full feed clean and it's or feed, feed me, me and... dirty dishes on the yeah. other side. That, I yeah. was really impressed by that. We hired him and then, um, well, I'm not going to tell the rest of that story. <laughs> Let's it, just say that might not be the best test for our... Turned out <laughs> that uh, after that, necessary. we switched to design tests that were more like, hey, design this real feature. You've got to draw a turtle, <laughs> no, a pirate. It was a good, it was, <laughs> that was a good design. Jane, you got to admit that the it dishwasher was. design was great. Yeah, it just turned out to be not super representative of... It was a of, good art. Yeah. ...of uh, actual responsibilities. I can draw Batman really well, but you don't want me on this team, man. Yeah. <laughs> Prove it. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then, and Well, are we done? <laughs> yeah. Can I go home now? <laughs> I should do like an outro. How about an outro? Well, you've gone and wasted another hour of your life listening to Stack Exchange Podcast 58, recorded Tuesday, April 29th, 2014, at Stack Exchange headquarters. This podcast has been brought to you by Stack Exchange for iPhone. Now shipping in the App Store, 100% native, absolutely free, and guaranteed gluten-free. What are you doing there? Oh, he's drawing Batman. That's not bad. That looks a little bit like my dog. Give it a bigger nose. With Stack Exchange for iPhone, you can wake up in the morning, pick up your phone from the nightstand, and start answering help vampires while the competition is still hitting the snooze button, you rep whoring bastard you. <laughs> so, on behalf of Joshua Hines, Courtney Cotton, Stefan Martin, creative director Jin Yang, Jay Hanlon, David Fulton, audio editor David Greenlee, producer Abby Miller, and ex-producer Alex tied up in the warehouse, I'm Joss Polsky. Goodbye! Bye! Bye-bye! Bye! See ya! Bye! I told you not to touch it! I told you not to touch it! I told you not to touch it, you broke it. I told you not to touch it. I told you not to touch it. I told you not to touch it, you broke it. I told you not to touch it. Keep your hands where I can see them. I told you not to touch it. Keep your hands off, hands off. I told you not to touch it. Keep your hands where I can see them. I told you not to touch it. Terrible Batman. We should, that definitely has to go <laughs> into. We need a picture of that. Yeah. That is actually. <laughs>
But his parents are dead. A uniquely frightening Batman. I feel like if you'd seen my other drawings, he you would appreciate why this is the one I show off. Either... This is like my, this is my best. Why the two noses, really? Did you just make his head too long? Oh, no, that's the, that's the fur, the fur, that place where your whole face comes together. He's got a gigantic space between his nose and his mouth. I, I didn't, I might have made the face too long. <laughs> at, that, oh. at that point, it was either a gigantic chin. I, so I've taken. Go higher. When I pack, when I pack Go leftovers. Higher. Batman has two noses. When I pack leftovers, I draw that and write my food underneath it. Um, and thus what? far. Yeah, that's it. My that's food. Right. No one has taken <laughs> Batman's has food because yeah. who wants to take Batman? It's just a mistake. You don't really think it's his or he'll be here, but why uh -huh. risk it? There's other leftovers right next <laughs> right, to it right. that say like David Fullerton's food. This yeah. is like when I was a little kid, I like decided I would master one drawing, which was like a killer whale, and it was like the only thing I could ever draw, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. It was not really that good, and actually, the hilarious story is we're playing Pictionary one time with my family, and somebody put. Killer whale in there as a stop to me, I guess. Though I didn't realize it at the time. And we got up there and there was two teams drawing it. And I set out to draw this very elaborate killer whale. And in about three seconds, the other team drew it very quickly and got the answer. And kind of reminds me of a Chinese proverb, like a literal translation is drawing legs on a snake. So <laughs> drawing legs on a snake. It's kind of like a metaphor for being future creep or being overly elaborate. So the original story, because every Chinese proverb came from some kind of story. So the story was. The emperor held it like a drawing contest, right? So all the artists came, and if they get first prize, they get you know probably you know, work for the emperor or something. So the the contest was just just for our listeners. Jin indicated Joel when he said work for the emperor. Or something. <laughs> 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 he gestured it right to him. So the contest is just draw a snake. So this guy he drew a snake super fast, like he was the first one to be done. And he looked around. He's like everybody else Everybody's still working. working on it. So he just started. You know, drawing legs on the snake, why not? And then by the time the second guy finished, you know, the judge said, like, that guy won. He's like, hey, I finished my first. He's like, but yours is no longer a snake. Yes. So. And that empire was later defeated by the legged snake riding empire next door. That's right. I thought this was going to be like, and that's through. where dragons came from. But that's not, <laughs> yes, that's not how that That guy went on, you invented the dragon and made millions of dollars. That <laughs> was a terrible emperor. Good, good CEO, but Emperor ugh, ugh, knows nothing about legged snakes. Appreciate it. I hear a Windows booting sound in the background. <laughs> that can't be good. Never something you want to Something's... hear in a professional podcasting studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, producer Abby just rebooted something, so if you can't hear us anymore. Um, our featured community this month-ish is travel, which we've touched on cursorily a couple of... Uh... Or, or you could also turn off the speaker on your computer using the speaker Almost off done. Button. Give it a second. Also known as F10. We really committed to the length of the song. <laughs> we have to get that last line. It's my favorite line. Right. We never should have hired you, but times were getting rough. So what just so, happened? This is Stack Exchange Podcast, episode 58. <laughs> Starting over. No, let's explain this. This we is awesome. We have to start over from the beginning. This is my favorite Easter egg in our internal company chat. What happens is if you type the phrase, not my fault by itself on a line oh this is finally getting explained to me the wheel of blame <laughs> the wheel years. of blame spins understanding. and what the wheel of blame does is it takes every person who's in that room except you yeah. does an animation spins the giant wheel and picks a person to blame <laughs> and in this case it picked Cornel and to be clear it was Abby who spun the wheel of blame there traditionally it's the person whose actual fault it is who decides to spin the wheel yeah this didn't get on the podcast but what actually happened is that the streaming computer by which we were streaming this podcast <laughs> Decided to install updates. 
It's possibly the worst podcast ever. <laughs>